What's up, pals? This is Chris Sampson. And before we start episode 97 of the Super Nerd Pals podcast, we have a bit of housekeeping. Just to uh, let you know, we, uh, we teased later in this episode some really exciting news for the next couple of episodes leading up to episode 100. Uh, this includes episodes 99 and 100, featuring the premiere of an amazing new D&D-based podcasting project. So for more details, continue listening to this episode, and keep following us on Facebook and Twitter for more details. And I would like to give a special shout-out to one of our pals, Stephanie. She was part of the Washington Metropolitan Gamer Symphony Orchestra, which is a community-level orchestral community comprised of music enthusiasts that combine their love for video game music and orchestral music, and they perform a series of concerts all year round in the DC metro area. Now, they're launching a really cool new initiative on their Twitch channel, which you can find at twitch.tv MGSO. First stream started on Sunday at January 29th from 1 to 3 p.m., and the stream will continue every Sunday at that same time slot through the spring. So during the stream, they'll be chatting about arranging and performing the video game music that they love and perform. The first episode involved their discussion on the arrangements of Wild Arms tracks such as Into the Wildness and Porte. And for this Sunday, Sunday, February 5th at 1 p.m., their next discussion is going to be about Undertale and their arrangement of the song Dummy. So check out their Twitch stream, follow them, they're really cool. And if you missed the first stream, that's archived in the recent videos, so you can check that out. And with that, we're going to roll out episode 97. So thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode 97 of the Super Nerd Pals podcast. He's back! Ah! He's back! Oh, I'm back from what the, the ghost dimension. Where you been? It's, it's been what, like, I, I, it, has it been three weeks or two weeks? I, this I, is the first time you're on the show this year. Yeah, I think it's been like three weeks. This is pretty bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, I was away in the Philippines and then I got sick and it was horrible and... Lots of weird, bad things happen. But you're here. I'm here. I'm here now. That's what matters. It's been pretty weird trying to get back in the groove of podcasting things, but it's good to be back. I'm ready. I'm ready for 2017 and another year of SMP and all of our new exciting projects and ventures. Yeah. As always, we have uh, one of our partners in crime, Stan the Man Kudersky. What up, Stan? What's up? It's me. Andy is not here today, uh, so we're going to keep this short and sweet. You want to do some quick housekeeping? Yes, let's do that. Episode 99 and episode 100 are coming up. Uh, very special uh, du- duology, maybe trilogy, depending on how long that actual 100 lasts, that episode. It quite may well be a trilogy. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But we are recording our very first 
ever Dungeons and Dragons uh, show. And it's it's such a big recording and a big endeavor that it's going to last a couple episodes. Uh, episode 99 is going to be the prologue episode where we break down our characters and the, the quests and we go through a lot of numbers and, and whatnot because nobody knows how to play that game, honestly. Um, <laughs> and then episode 100 will be our actual beginning of the campaign that we're going to put together. It's We already recorded some of it. Um, it's it's waiting to go up. It'll go up when ninety nine and hundred go up, and it's it's good stuff so far. You're gonna like it. Uh, watch this space. A few weeks from now, it's coming. And when it does post, or even now, uh, or, or even when this this episode is posted, uh, this is the first official debut or teaser. I guess teaser uh, of this project. So if you are a fan of D and D or you're interested in hearing us delve into uncharted territory. Or if you know someone who does like that shit, let them know. Let them know and, you know, tweet at us, message us. Right now, we're 99 and 100 is as far as we plan for D&D. We hope for it to be an ongoing thing. It depends on if we have fun. And also depends on, like, if it has good, re- good feedback or response. So yeah. uh, stay tuned. And, you know, if you have any questions, comments, shout outs just about D&D, just let us know. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll address them. We'll get back to you. And uh, we're more than happy to. Uh... Oh, wow. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll respond. We will because we, lo- we love interacting with you guys and getting your feedback. Yep. All right, you want to start this uh, this show right here? You want to do some some news? Let's start with the news. The news flash. Now, All right. So earlier this week, uh, we've had some new Black Panther news. One, Marvel officially confirmed that Andy Serkis is returning in the Black Panther movie. In the first one, he played Claw. His full name is Ulysses Claw. In Avengers Age of Ultron, he gets his arm ripped off after Ultron tr- uh, steals his cache of vibranium. And so he's going to return. I, I'm not quite sure if it's going to be faithful to comics canon. Uh, in the original lore, Claw, he was known as like the master of sound. So he had a, a sonic weapon attached to his missing arm. That could happen, or maybe he fashions himself a vibranium arm. Uh, we don't know yet. Uh, I think it would be pretty cool to have to have the sonic weapon, but it's up to Marvel to decide whether or not if that makes sense. Or maybe the writers come up with something more appealing. Other than that, the studio released a loose plot description for the film, and it goes as follows. Quote, Black Panther follows T'Challa, who, after the events of Captain America's Civil War, returns home to the isolated, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to take his place as king. However, when an old enemy reappears on the radar, T'Challa's medal as king and Black Panther is tested when he is drawn into a conflict that puts the entire fate of Wakanda and the world at risk. So, sounds pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Um... Uh, so far in the MCU, we haven't seen a lot of Wakanda proper. Um, I mean, we've seen like the Wakandan embassy uh, in so, uh, Captain America: Civil War, and in the post-credit scene, we get a shot 
of Bucky being put back into cold sleep, and it, this shot pans out, and there's like a giant panther carved into a mountain. Uh, so that's really, really cool. Uh, but other than that, we we haven't actually seen a lot of Wakanda, so this would be our full-blown dive into that part of the MCU. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, not to mention, the cast for this movie is insane. There's lots of crazy good talent. Uh, so you, you, I mean, you have Chadwick Bo- uh, Boseman, Sterling Brown, Florence Kasumba, Luputa Nyong'o, Danae Guerrero, Martin Freeman, and uh, last but not least, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of great talent. Can't wait for Black Panther. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Yep. And we also have a official release date. Uh, Black Panther will be coming out February sixteenth, twenty eighteen. About a year from now. Yeah, but there's other, there's plenty of other movies to keep us occupied. Yep. So that's it for Black Panther. For our next piece of news, it's more somber. This past week, critically acclaimed Academy Award winning actor John Hurt, he passed away. And it's a really big shame because he's a pretty huge nerd icon. Um, he's been... He's everywhere. He, he's been everywhere. Like, like one of his... Most famous claim to fame is Alien. Um, it was his performance of him getting sick and getting the chest burster bursting out in that crazy scene where uh, while they're actually filming it, no one really knew what was what was about to happen. So the, the genuine surprise and fear on camera was actually real. And, um, and John Hurt even reprised that, that role in Spaceballs. Um, as a um, uh, great homage, uh, he's been in other great movies. Uh, he's he played Ollivander uh, in the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the Chancellor, High Chancellor. Uh, what's his name? Oh God, he played like the main villain V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also one of the Doctor Who's. Um, oh, sorry, he- sorry, one of the what? I'm sorry, one of the doctors. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, that's where, honestly, I didn't even know that he was an alien until I heard the news of his passing. I've seen Alien before, and it just, because he was so young, I had had no idea that was him. What what I know him from the most is being the war doctor on Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. That's where where I know him from the most. And that, um, that 50th anniversary episode where he plays the war doctor is like... One of my favorite episodes of that it, show. It, period. Is it called like Day of Day of the Doctor? Some something? something like that. But like he he does a really good job playing the War Doctor, and and he became like one of my favorite Doctors. Period. Just from that one episode and seeing his character. So yeah, we salute you, John Hurt. You were so talented and so beloved, and we thank you for everything you you've did for for pop culture. Rest in power. Rest in power. All right, so with that, uh, the news flash is over. Uh, Stan, Stan, you got some some sp- too spoopy stuff to talk about. Man, I I put in some some quality time with Resident Evil Seven this past week, and boy, is that game a trip! That is a oh man, that game's so good. That's like mm, like a mm. I'm only a couple hours in, but it, it's so fucking good. Those couple of hours, it's really like. It's like classic Resident Evil. It's like the Resident Evil that I didn't even know that I wanted. It's like such a callback to the original Resident Evil. Not even like Resident Evil 2 or 3 or 4. 
it is Resident Evil 1 without any of the rough edges from those early games. Um, even the, you know, even the HD, uh, remake and the, the GameCube version of it was, they did a lot for the form, the formula, but it's like none of the, none of the weird shit, like no, none of the tank controls or the weird, like janky combat or whatever. It's just everything that made that first game amazing with all the conveniences you get from like a modern day game. It, it almost became one of those games where it's too scary to play or enjoy. <laughs> like, especially the, especially the first, like, couple hours, I was fucking terrified. And I'm, like, a big scaredy cat when it comes to playing these games. And but, but, I, but you gotta, cause Res Evil. Yeah, I, I had, like, I forced myself to keep playing. And that, that first, those first couple of hours is, like, some of the scariest shit that I've, like, played. Period. That's not even that's not even counting like PSVR. Yeah, not even I'd played this without VR. I don't have a VR headset and it's it was still like I almost had to stop playing because it was like too scary. And I was like, I don't know how like I'm gonna walk down this hallway because it's super atmospheric. The sound design is like top notch. You can hear like the house creaking, you can hear like things going on in different parts of the house while you're like somewhere else and and especially like playing with headphones. Like I highly I highly recommend you play the game with headphones because it makes it takes the the sound up to like the next level. Um like you'll you'll be in one room and then you'll hear like this banging and it's not even the same door, the same wall where you're at. It's like somewhere down the hall and like if you check the map, you can see exactly where that sound is coming from based on like how you're hearing it. It just top-notch and it really makes it way more scary and it, but it makes it re- really essential um not to get too spoilery but there's like this part where you're crawling underneath the house and somebody's like coming after you and you can hear where they are in the house based on their footsteps like above you as you're making your way through in the beginning kind of linear but they're really giving you an idea of the game's mechanics and you know, like inventory stuff and, you know, examining items. But, um, I recently got to the part where it opens up and basically when you get to the main hall of the house, it really opens up and it becomes like classic OG Resident Evil where you're, you're finding puzzle pieces and weird keys and, and the map of the house just completely opens up and you have the two floor mansion set up from, you know, from, from it being familiar from the first game where you're basically in the main hall and there's like two staircases on either side of the, the main hall and it goes up and there's like rooms on either side on that second floor. It's just, it's so similar, but so completely different. It's almost like, like playing this game is like entering a parallel universe where they never went the route that was like four five, six. And it's just like, it feels like a continue. It feels like the, the mega man nine, of the Resident Evil games where like they just made a sequel as though like those eight bit Mega Man games never stopped coming out. They feel, it feels like they did the same thing here where it just, it feels like those early Resident Evil games with none of the jank or anything that made those early games frustrating to play. And it's just, it's like having a brand new mansion to explore more or less. And you become very familiar with the rooms and the setup just like you did in the first game. And I'm, I'm really happy because that first Resident Evil game is my favorite Resident Evil, especially the, the remake on the GameCube and the HD version. Um, 
and it, it feels like more of that, but also completely different. They do a lot to like subvert what your expectations and it's just, it's fucking probably the best Resident Evil in, in years so far. I'm only, I'm still at the beginning, so I don't like, maybe I'll get tired of it, but like right now, my, my feeling is that it's, it's like definitely the most fun and most frightened I've ever been playing a Resident Evil game. And the beginning scares are really, are almost unbearable for someone like me who's, who gets scared so easily at, at that kind of shit. But like, once you get to the point where the game opens up a little bit more and you get, you get weapons and you, you can take care of yourself a little bit better. Um, the scares are, are still as intense as they were, but they feel more like, like funhouse scares than like actual like dread because when you're helpless entering that house for the first time, it's like terrifying. And then it's still scary later on. Like I'm still like getting shocked, but it's more like one of those things where you're like, ah, and then you like laugh <laughs> about it. Um, there are a lot, there are a lot of moments where I pause the game because something like got me and then I just like started laughing at like the fact that I got so spooked and then I would just keep playing because it's, it's just, it's so much fun. It's like, yeah, I can't like, I'm I'm shocked at how much I'm enjoying this game because I I was a little worried that it'd be too much like PT, and I feel like that's what that's more like Outlast. Yeah, I mean, like I, one I've of those. Got, yeah, I I yeah I was um I felt I mean I well okay well disclaimer planned to get RE7 this weekend and I got horribly sick again so I didn't have a chance to pick it up. But, uh, you know, from what I've seen from, like, trailers and the demos, you know, it, to me, it, 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 it feels so, so much like Outlast. I mean, that, which is not, like, not, like, a bad thing, because Outlast is an incredible, amazing horror game. And I was just wondering, like, you know, how, like, I mean, just Resident Evil 7 seems so totally different. It seemed like, like, a deliverance kind of feel. I, I, I will say this is that at first it does kind of feel like that, but as soon as you get past the beginning, it feels like 100% classic Resident Evil. It's like, it's scary. You have like, I don't want to give away too much, but it, it has like those moments of like humor where it's like, like how the earlier games were kind of campy in their own ways. Like, like this is kind of the same way. I'm, for me, like in some ways it feels more, like Evil Dead 2 where it's like it's really scary situation and like there are moments that are really like terrifying but there's also a lot of moments where where things are kind of funny and it's like that it has like a dark humor about it and it's not so much in the way that the original Resident Evil was funny where it's like they're fucking saying weird shit because the acting is so bad this is more <laughs> like a deliberate like humor there there's like this one scene well, there's one section in the game where you're being chased by the daddy of the house, uh, Jack, I think his name is, and he's like this big, almost like nemesis type character that'll follow you around the entire house, and you can kind of pinpoint where he is based on like his footprint, his footsteps or whatever, and you're trying to avoid him and whatever. There was this time where he saw me and he started chasing me, and you're you can there's a sprint, you know, because it's first person. There's a sprint button, but you you never run fast enough. It's like not it's never it's like fast, but it's like not faster than like somebody trying to. It's kind of, the guy has like a Jason kind of gait to him where he's like slow, but like somehow faster than you. Mm. Um, so he's like chasing you around the house, and and I started circling around the dinner table. 
and he had like this big axe or whatever the fuck and he brings it down and he hits the dinner table and the dinner table like shatters and like pieces of the the table start flying all different directions and then he stops and he's like god damn it what am i how am i gonna replace this fucking table now and, and i just started i started laughing like i was running away like because i was terrified but i was laughing because the fact that he was like throwing this fit over like this mundane ass thing about like now nah, i gotta get a new fucking table like i get to a hardware store <laughs> like oh my this is hilarious this, this guy keeps running around so i had i had to break the table to get to him but now i i regret everything yeah it's fun it's funny and it's like it's endearing a little bit like this like homicidal like maniac is like chasing you but he's he he also has like real ass problems you know (laughs) and like there's like um another moment where you're in the kitchen or whatever and they have like um a receipt on the wall for like the hardware store and it's like a couple of regular ass things and then like 20 dog collars and like chains and you're like what the fuck is he using 20 like can you imagine this guy going to the hardware store and saying i need 20 dog collars and you're like what the fuck i, I and, don't know and you're and you're you're scared because like it's kind of like horrific like what the hell did he use those dog collars for but then also at the same time you're just laughing at the, the absurdity of of this dude going to the hardware store and buying all that shit and there's just like moments like that all over the place and and it's just it's amazing it's amazing so far like i'm having the the best time i'm i'm enjoying it more than resident evil 4 and i know that's like everybody's favorite resident evil and i don't know it just it's such a really good feeling to have this like mysterious house that you don't know anything about because it's a new game but having it feel familiar like the original resident evil because the re i like the remake a lot and 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 it's still it's currently my favorite resident evil game period right but even then, even though they added new locations and rooms and shit, it's still, it's still like a remake of the original game. So like you still kind of knew, knew like the majority of what you were getting yourself into. This, there's like almost no frame of reference. I don't know what the fuck's beyond the next door. I don't know like what the fuck's going to pop out. I don't know. I don't know what kind of puzzles I'm going to encounter. And, and that's really refreshing and something that Resident Evil hasn't done in so long, you know, where it just, you have all these puzzles and like the ability to basically go anywhere in the house and figure shit out. There's just like exploration and just stuff that I thought that we'd never come back to. They've come back to and it's great. It feels like a revitalization of the franchise, honestly. I'm curious, like, I'm sure there's Easter eggs. Have, is there like any Easter eggs that tie it to the larger narrative? Like, I don't know, like, like a, a newspaper article with, like, Albert Wesker on it or something the, like that. Here's the thing. I, I heard from, like, things that I read or whatever that it starts to connect itself more to the larger games, like, about halfway through. So, I haven't gotten to that part yet. But I'm – that's one of the biggest things that I'm curious and I know that they're going to address is, like, how it connects to the rest of the games. And I – every fucking Resident Evil game – has a laboratory at the end of the game right and i'm just waiting and i'm like i'm like is there a fucking laboratory underneath this house like oh my like is there gonna and i'm like so excited about the possibility of that being a thing where you just like find an elevator that goes down into the secret lab i'm like oh god hope hope (laughs) hope it does because that would be because being in first person mode it i at first i didn't know if it was going to work for resident evil but it totally works in making it a lot more personal a lot more fucking terrifying because the things are happening to you not to like this third person character that you're like away from so yeah and i don't know man 
So all in all, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like I can't wait to to find out more about this like psycho family that's like stalking me in the house, and more about like is it going to connect to Umbrella? Like you know, like where where does this take place in the timeline? Because you know it's it's supposed to be. I don't know. There's there's shit like email and like smartphone shit and technology and so like it feels like it's supposed to be modern but then everything is like cassettes and like i think um to save the game there's like tape recorders and you can save as much as you want but it's more like but there are like set save points like the original resident evil games where you'd have to go to like a typewriter but this is more like a tape recorder so you can keep like saving and at those tape recorders and uh do you recall like how long the game was? Like like thirty to forty hours? Oh please, I wish it's 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 more like you know the, all the Resident Evil games, so it's it's probably around fifteen hours. I okay. Yeah, so, but I heard there was like a lot of replay value. I, ho- I heard there was like different endings that you can get too. So, I know the the first Resident Evil game had two different endings based on what you did. So, well, not really two different endings. If you based on like who who survived and like if you blew up the mansion and shouldn't there was like fucking 10 or whatever but yeah there's two endings here so um definitely worth at least one additional plus there's like uh like a madhouse mode that you unlock that basically is like playing the arranged mode where the items and shit are in different places Mm. So there's so there's like things to go back to. Plus there's like a season pass, so there's gonna be like DLC and shit for it. So I'm I'm really excited. I was at I thought like at first like yeah you know Resident Evil whatever maybe I'll play I'll play through it probably once and like not return like I did with almost every Resident Evil game after five. But like now this one it's like I want to go back. I want to find all the secrets. I want to get all the like bobbleheads that you can like destroy and. I want to see the different endings and I don't know. I'm like super excited. I think about this game when I'm not playing it, which is like a really high honor that doesn't happen often. I'm just like thinking like, oh man, I have this like puzzle piece in my inventory. I wonder where that goes. And like, if I turn this thing on the side, it looks like this object that might fit into this place over here. Like it's, it's good. It's good. It's real good so far. That's good. Well, thank you Capcom for bringing life and hope back to the, to the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, five and six were. uh, I liked five a lot, but like six, Revelations two, fucking Umbrella Core. I don't know, man. Mm. Well, um, hopefully, I'll get Res uh, Res seven soon, so I can uh, chime in. I would love to do like a spoiler cast of this thing when we finish it, like because I know Andy's playing it right now too. Uh, Do Do you know how far he is into the game? No idea. I really haven't spoken to him about it, but I, like, I can't wait for all of us to get together after we played it and, like, just talk about it. Because it's, like, one of those things that I, I, there's, like, there is some shit that happened in this game just in the beginning hours where I'm just, like, I need to tell somebody about this because that shit was insane. And it's a, it's a good, strong start to the video game, uh, what's it called? Video game uh, selections of 2017. This year's going to be real hard. Yeah. The year. Real hard. I mean, it's it's not going to be for another eleven months, but I I can definitely see this on Game of the Year for twenty seventeen. It's definitely the the best game that I played this year so far. I mean, it's only January right now, but you know, it's only January. Um, I mean, right now you you got like Res Seven, 
And then Gravity Rush 2 came out on the 20th. There's Yakuza 0, which I'm hearing a lot of good things about. There's, I heard uh, that too. And then next month, next month is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And, and then so- in March, there is Nier, there's um, Zelda, there's fucking Mass Effect. April has Persona 5. This is, this is stacked. It's like stacked. Every month, there's some new like hot shit dropping. I can't wait. Good vibes. Yeah. All right. But that's that's all I got to say so far. Cool, cool, cool. You will hear from me more about this. Excellent, excellent. And uh, hopefully, I'll get on it and we can have a spoiler cast soon. Yeah. All right. So, lastly, I don't really have a topic this week. I just have, I guess, a short musing almost a week ago, like about like six days ago. Um, the trailer for the winter finale of Gotham Season 3 dropped and i haven't watched gotham since like the first few episodes of season two and then i don't remember why i just why i fell off it it just happened but holy shit like the winter finale episode and just in general like i guess i don't know if it's like the latter half of season three or it was the entire arc but it looks crazy strong and good like, I've always been skeptical of Gotham because of the the whole... Well, okay, to backtrack, uh, I'm still... Even now, even after, like, I don't know, like, two or three years, I'm still salty that Kevin Smith and Paul Dini's Batman before he was Batman show pitch was never made into a real thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, look up Fat Man on Batman podcast episode with Kevin Smith and Paul Dini. I forget the numbers, but the exact titles of the two of the two part episode is Shadow of the Bat, part one and two. Smith and Dini, they were they were talking about the Arkham City trailer. No, is it Arkham City or Arkham Knight? It's one of the two. And they were and then they were watching this trailer, and they they basically spun out this amazing show about young Bruce Wayne. And then Gotham happened, and. I think it took them a while to find their their pacing and their rhythm. I think the latter half, uh, by the end of season one, uh, they got their groove. And the beginning of season one, or season two, was really strong. But again, I don't remember why I dropped off. But anyway, so one of my fan, uh, all-time favorite things about Gotham is one of the characters, uh, Jerome Valeska, who's like this juvenile psychopath character and gotham had has this tendency to tease like a whole bunch of different characters on on whether or not they're gonna they're gonna become the joker and jerome is like the most joker-esque out of all these potential jokers and i was completely in the dark about what season three was about but they're going, they're selling it really, really hardcore on the Jerome Joker connection, the Jerome Joker origin connection, because you got a bit of Scott Snyder Joker in it, where this plotline, spoilers, uh, in season two, or the, or the end of season, no, it was like season two, Jerome dies, but in season three, there's this secret dark cult that worships Jerome. And they tried to revive him, but they they think they failed. And so the leader of this cabal cuts off Jerome's face and starts wearing it. So you can already see like the Scott Snyder influences because uh, 
Joker got his face cut off and then he reclaimed it and started wearing it over his bare face. Jerome actually ends up living again, steals back his own face and it's like, and restitches it. And then Jerome is just going crazy, unleashing madness and chaos on the entire city. And this trailer shows like young Bruce Wayne and Jerome facing off and they're heavily teasing it as like one of the formative events to tease the later uh inevitable batman joker rivalry so you had the scott snyder angle i think with that bruce wayne versus jerome thing the trailers show like a very dark knight returns vibe or element to it like one of the biggest and coolest scenes in this trailer was um young bruce wayne and jerome fighting uh, and facing off against each other in a hall of mirrors, just like in the original graphic novel. Um, so I'm really, really excited about just watching this particular arc. I don't know, again, I don't know if it's the the entire entirety of season three or like the latter half, but Drum is one of my fan favorite characters of Gotham, and the trailer looks so good. I'm, I'm not sure if I have a lot, uh, have time to like catch up, but. Maybe I'll just skip right to the Jerome stuff and then go back later. But I'm really excited to watch everything leading up to and including the finale for Gotham season three. Cool. And that's it. That's, that's it. it for that's it for our show. Um, so again, this is a short episode. Andy's not here today. We'll all be back for episode 99 again. That's the that's our amazing prologue uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, episode or episodes i'm sorry but until then you still have the rest of our catalog to go through we, we also have dragon chat we're still doing that too so stay tuned as always you can find this podcast on itunes soundcloud stitcher and any other podcast player of your choice so all you have to do is subscribe and you'll have access to all those episodes you can find us on our social media channels so we have a facebook group stan Facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. We also have an Instagram account, uh, Super Nerd Pals, a Tumblr account, so supernerdpals.tumblr.com. Just Google us and you'll find you'll, you'll find us that way. Uh, we also have a Twitter, so you can find us on Twitter at, at Super Nerd Pals. Stan, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Stan Doom. And you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. And you can find Andy on Twitter at SweetJustice1. That's O-N-E, SweetJustice1. We're really excited for you guys to check out our upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. Don't forget to like, rate, share, subscribe. And uh, if if you love our our shows, our content... Uh, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, that really helps us uh, spread the show. And and we also like to hear your feedback. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everyone. Until then, enjoy yourselves. And we'll see you soon for episode 98. Yep. Thanks for listening. All right. Peace out. Peace. Go sell and roadie. Go tell and roadie. Go 
Everybody's dead I was raised in a deep dark hole A prisoner with no parole